Diego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities and building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. Well, hello, Raise Nation Radio. It is so great to connect with you again. Uh, we have a dynamic speaker. I'm so excited about getting into this conversation and talk about her journey and all of her insights and, and how she can help us um, with some professional growth, perhaps, that um, we might be struggling with. I know I am. And um also to uh, help us uh, fundraise just a little bit better. So without further ado, let me introduce and welcome to Raise Nation Radio, Mallory Erickson of Mallory Erickson Consulting. Nice and easy there. Uh, Mallory, how are you? Welcome to Raise Nation Radio. Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me, Dawn. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We've had a couple of conversations and you've left me um, awe-inspired with each of them. So I'm excited to share you with our audience and just get some conversations started. But you know what? Raise Nation would love to learn a little bit more about you. So if you don't mind just sharing whatever you feel comfortable sharing personally and tell us all about um, what you do and what is Mallory Erickson Consulting. Yeah. So thank you. I, so I've spent my career in the nonprofit sector and like so many people became an accidental fundraiser. I started to get promoted up through different nonprofits. First found myself in a managing director role, then an executive director role, and they came with big fundraising responsibilities. Most of the organizations that I ran over the years were, um, had an education focus of some sort. I thought at the very beginning of my career that I was going to go into education policy and go back to law school and public policy school. Um, But I fell in love with the nonprofit sector. And so I never ended up leaving. But that journey to ultimately finding fundraising as a big part of my role was not only unexpected, it was incredibly uncomfortable. And I never really Wait, 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 I got it. Did you just say uncomfortable? I did. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure my my ears were listening, but okay. You're going to explain that one, aren't I you? Am. I okay. am. I know. I know a fundraising consultant who hated fundraising for a very long time. Um, and really, I mean, I... I really felt like for many years, I could not figure out how to get this fundraising thing to feel like it was in alignment with me. And I felt awkward and I felt cringy and I felt so uncomfortable fundraising. And I thought, okay, this is it. Like, this is what fundraising looks like. And if this is it, then this is not for me. And I think I need to leave the nonprofit sector. And so I really got to this moment in my career where I was like, okay, you know, I love this sector, but I can't do this anymore. I'm burning out. I ended up going and getting executive coach certified. I got trained in habit and behavior design and in design thinking. None of them were connected to my fundraising at the time, but I was still a frontline fundraiser while this was happening. And those frameworks really came together and completely changed the way that I fundraised. They, first of all, executive coaching started to open up my own 
like awareness around the thoughts and the beliefs that I was holding about money and value and self-worth and different power dynamics that were coming into play with fundraising. Habit and behavior design helped me be able to design habits for myself to get over the action line, even when something was a little bit uncomfortable or was a little bit scary. You know, there's so much in fundraising that is naturally uncomfortable, dealing with rejection regularly, getting ghosted sometimes, all the managing up that we have to do, you know, try and get our board members on board to do something like these things are naturally uncomfortable and it's okay that it's uncomfortable, but we need tools for dealing with that, um, that we're not, that are not often talked about in this space. And so once I had these frameworks, I radically changed my fundraising, both from a financial perspective, I moved an organization from a million to 3.8 pretty quickly. Um, but I also started a million to 3.8 pretty quickly. Okay. Gonna have to explain that one too, (laughs) but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Because, and a big part of that was that I started to feel differently as a fundraiser. And so a lot of my resistance to different types of conversations or um, or different types of engagement started to go away. Um, and I started to actually really love fundraising. So I'm not a fundraising consultant who left fundraising to become a consultant because I hated fundraising. I actually loved fundraising and then accidentally <laughs> became a, a consultant and a coach because during covid I was watching so much fundraising discomfort happen in our sector and so much paralysis. And so I started to offer free tools that I was using with myself and, um, and my business and my work really sort of exploded from there. I ended up creating what's now my signature program, which is called the Power Partners Formula, which is the intersection of fundraising strategy, executive coaching, habit and behavior design and design thinking. Um, and now I host a podcast called What the Fundraising, where we bring on a lot of scientists and behavior scientists and therapists to talk about how does fundraising impact our brains and our bodies and what are different tools we can use to be the empowered and embodied fundraisers we want to be. Wow. 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 Okay. So this is an interesting journey. So you find yourself in the nonprofit universe and love it, but you also find yourself at the same time in the nonprofit universe and hating fundraising. So you're going through this transformation and you decide to enter into professional growth before you just take a leap, right? So that that was, to me, that's probably crazy brilliant. And then ultimately find out that you actually love fundraising and became really good and better at it, tripled your efforts. And now you're here to help all of us. Is that what I just heard? Because that's pretty remarkable. I guess that is when I, when you look back and sort of stack it all up. Yeah, that is sort of what happened. Wow. (laughs) Well, I have a sneaking suspicion that there are a lot of people in our audience that heard you just be vulnerable and authentic and real and say to themselves, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I hate asking for money. It's, it's, I hate the rejection. It's getting harder and harder. I'm burnt out. I I bet there's a, a lot. And and I'm right there with you. A lot of the audience knows my side hustle. I run a small nonprofit or I help my daughter run a small hard profit. And it's so hard. I'm like, mm-hmm. so, you know, can you donate this or help with that? And I'm just like, oh, I love it. I, it's like, I love it and hate it. You know, it's a love-hate mm-hmm. relationship so, for sure. So 
what I what I'm surprised at is really that professional development piece is mm-hmm. so 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 important. And so what let's talk about the mindset and the importance of the mindset and the coaching and the confidence that you would like to tell all of those out there that are that were in your boat feeling uncomfortable and cringy. Let's talk about how important that is. Yeah. You know, and I I think I, I mean, I, for anyone who is hearing, who heard my story, who's having that moment, I, what I hope you hear more than anything is how not alone you are and how normal this is. Because I think one of the things that also made me feel like I was a bad fundraiser for a long time is I had this narrative in my head that like, there's no way good fundraisers feel like this, right? There's no way that good executive directors are this uncomfortable all the time. There's no way that good fundraisers want to throw up before every major donor meeting. (laughs) And the the thing that I've learned over the last few years is that actually these experiences are incredibly normal. What's not normal is talking about them, but the experiences are incredibly normal. And so that's maybe the first thing is just to acknowledge and validate for folks who are listening that like, if you're feeling any of the things I mentioned, like it's so incredibly normal. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, when I started my coaching journey, I heard a lot in this sector, like, don't give us more mindset stuff. Just like, give me a strategy, give me another template. And I think we have a little bit of a misconception around like what mindset stuff I'm doing air quotes actually is. (laughs) And, you know, I think we think mindset stuff is like a mantra on our coffee mug, but mindset work is really around understanding what are the thoughts and the beliefs that you hold And how do those thoughts and beliefs inform how you feel? Because ultimately how you feel is going to impact how you behave. So if you have things on your to-do list day after day, pick up the phone and call that donor and thank them, okay? You have some thank you call that sat on your to-do list for two weeks. Mm. The reason you're not making that call is not because you don't have enough time. And before you hang up the podcast, just hear me out for a second. I'm listening. I'm listening. (laughs) That call is, is short. That call is simple, but we often get simple and easy confused. The call is simple, but the action is hard because it feels vulnerable and it feels scary. And it feels like, what if they're mad that I called? And so that activity sits on our list because we have a lot of resistance around that activity. And because we have a lot of unaddressed fear, unacknowledged fear about that activity. So the first piece of mindset work is just awareness around what is happening. What is the relationship between how you feel and and the thoughts and the beliefs that you hold. Because when I say things to people like maybe you're not doing that because you're, you know, afraid that they'll do, you know, blank, 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 they're like, oh, yeah, that is what I'm afraid of. <laughs> but like mm. there was never necessarily awareness around that, right? It was just like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. I'm too busy. It's not a high priority. Um, and so I think, you know, the first thing is just to start to notice how different things make you feel. Like, where do you get butterflies in your belly? Like, what is that thing that's been sitting on your to-do list for a long time that you're not doing? And just ask yourself, like, what are some thoughts and beliefs I might be holding about that activity And how might that be impacting like how I feel about the activity? 
And then I think what's really powerful about mindset work is realizing that we can actually change our thoughts and our beliefs. Even though our feelings are always really valid, it doesn't mean that our feelings are always rooted in truth, in something objectively true. The feeling is valid and always acknowledging and validating your feelings is so important, but it doesn't mean what it's rooted to is the truth, right? So somebody being mad at you calling to thank them, the likelihood of that is like less than a half a percent, right? Of course, right. Of course. But in in our brains, it feels so possible. And so so heavy. And so heavy. Heavy, yeah. So heavy. And so we have so much fear around it. And so once we start to like track those thoughts and beliefs, we can actually really challenge them. And then once we realize, you know, how true is that really? Oh yeah, it's probably not actually that true. Or, well, what would I say to a friend who was dealing with that? Or we do different things to sort of shift those, those thoughts and those beliefs. When those thoughts and beliefs start to shift, how we feel about the activity starts to shift. And that's what happened to me with my fundraising was I started to realize, okay, why am I so uncomfortable asking for money? And I was like, what are the thoughts and the beliefs there? And it was, you know, oh, I think asking for money is asking people to give me something they don't really want to give me. And I'm trying to find exactly the perfect way to have them maybe change their mind and, you know, give me this thing. Perfect words, perfect pitch. Remember (laughs) everything I just said. Yeah. And then when I really, I was like, okay, well, what do I actually believe good fundraising is? Like, what do I really like fundraising at its best? What is it? And I was like, it's an invitation. You know, it's an opportunity Mm. for partnership, for people to build the world they want to see, to be a part of something meaningful, to be in community and in a network that solidifies their identity. And when all, when I started to really play with the thoughts and beliefs I held around good fundraising, I was like, yeah, fundraising with those thoughts and beliefs totally transforms how I feel as a fundraiser and completely transforms how I behave as a fundraiser. And so the power partner mantra is that, you know, great fundraising is not an ask, it's an offer. And even if folks who are listening to this could switch that one belief and you realize that it's about invitation, making an offer, giving people an opportunity, like that belief alone would start to really shift how you feel and ultimately how you show up. You know, Mallory, I've got to say, every time I talk to you, I feel, I mean, I just have to pause here for a second because here we go again, a few minutes in and I'm like, yeah, I oh, I can do this. I want to <laughs> get on top of the roof and fly with the birds. You just really have a way of empowering people. So um, thank you, really, because I really think you can help so many people. And let's talk about um, your program and what what you teach in there. We don't have enough time to go through all your lessons, although I'd love to tap you there. But I just would like to talk about your program and what are the learning objectives? Because I'm sure the audience is feeling like I'm feeling right now. Like, oh, give me more, Mallory. This is awesome, <laughs> right? I love that. It's not give me, it's an opportunity, invitation to an opportunity. Love that. I'm going to put that little sticky on my note for sure. <laughs> and for the audience who's listening, we are going to have extensive show notes as we do with every one of our podcasts. And And if you didn't, if you missed, you know, company name or program, or I'll have it all listed out for you. So it'll just be a click away. But let's talk about the learning objectives in your program, if you don't mind highlighting those for us, Mallory. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a big piece of 
power partners is this mindset shift is the executive coaching elements of what I call becoming a magnetic fundraiser. So they ultimately learn, you know, the cognitive behavior loop, which is what I started to outline that our thoughts and our beliefs inform how we feel. And then ultimately how we show up, they learn about something called energy leadership, which is the form of executive coaching that I was trained in that talks about the different ways that our energy shows up and how that impacts the people around us and ultimately impacts our results. And I was just on a webinar yesterday and they were, everyone was talking about how the host's energy was so contagious. The host was so effusive. And, um, and the thing I said to them, as I said, the thing I want you to know is everybody's energy is contagious. Mm. His energy is really positively contagious. And so you're very conscious of how it's impacting you right now, but everybody's energy is contagious. So when we walk in super awkward, super uncomfortable, that is also contagious. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, so a lot of the learning objectives, the beginning of the course is really around that. Then I use design thinking to help fundraisers tap into what I call the funder lens. So something I really didn't understand as a fundraiser was how differently different types of funders see organizations and organizational offerings. So I would send the same outreach email to a foundation that I would send to a company that I would send to an individual. And I was not speaking to their frame of reference. And so we walk through this process where folks are really understanding the difference in what foundations are looking for, what companies are looking for, what individuals are looking for. Then they go through a process called asset mapping where they identify all, so what, I'm gonna back up for a second, even though I'm like in the middle of it. (laughs) One of the questions I got the most as a consultant was, what is our low hanging fruit? Like Mm -hmm. everyone wanted me to just tell them what their organization's low hanging fruit was. And I was like, that's not like a one size fits all answer. And so I started to think about, okay, when I'm working one-on-one with an organization, how do I identify their low hanging fruit? And the thing I was really looking at was what assets the organization has beyond their programs and services. So what are all the different things of value inside their organization? Everything from like list or audience size to thought leaders on their board of directors to different assets that surround events that they have with unique sponsorship benefits. What are their unique assets? And then which types of funders are the most attracted to those assets? And then that's segmenting in a different way. Yeah. Yes. And then that's your low hanging fruit. Like your low hanging fruit is the place that you have the most alignment. With that audience. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have more assets beside, not that we're taking away from it, but there are more assets beside aside from impact and programming and that sort of thing, tons. get those assets together and now align them to who you're talking to. And there's your low hanging fruit. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm such a good student sometimes. (laughs) So they create something called a funder map, essentially, where they start to map the assets to different types of funders. And then they can really see, wow, because, you know, look, impact is so important. Of course, like the the impact you're making in the community is so important. But I hate to, to bust, you know, I hate to make this one hurt, but corporate sponsors 
that your impact alone is not how they are going to decide. Not enough. With you. Yeah, not yeah. enough. And so if we have if we continue to position ourselves using the assets that a foundation might be interested in with a corporate partner, and we wonder why the corporate partners never want to support us and they never want to get back to us, it's usually because we're leveraging the wrong assets that they are not actually interested in. So they need to understand like what are companies looking for? How is that different than what foundations are looking for? What are different departments and companies looking for. The marketing department is looking for something very different than the CSR department, right? And so even if you're talking to those people the same way, you're probably missing the mark. So I really help them understand that difference, understand their assets, see all those points of alignment. And then they move into something called effective engagement, which walks them through how do they apply the mindset stuff that we talked about the beginning at the beginning to the actual way they talk to people? What does an outreach email look look like when you're making an offer versus an ask. And then we sort of walk them through all that. And then phase three is called the simple yes system, which is what sets them up for all their follow-up, their meeting, donor preparation, stewardship, retention, all, all that stuff. So how long is this course or workshop or, or, so the content itself, there's about eight hours of content total. Okay. It's self, it's self-guided, but it's bad. a year. Yeah. It's a year program to start. Okay. And then you can stay on monthly after that. It's an incredible community. We have group coaching twice a month. Um, they oh. can ask questions all anytime inside a private chat with me. Um, and so there are about a hundred organizations in it right now. And it's oh. a really cool um, community of folks who are looking to fundraise differently, looking to change their relationship to fundraising. Um, and so it's really amazing. I just had two folks inside have like a one-on-one -on -one call because they um, they found some areas of alignment between their two organizations. And so the executive directors are getting on a call um, to talk about ways they can support each other. So it's it's turned into this really beautiful community. It's almost as a trifecta because you have very talented people, executive directors, yourself, you you know, just a whole network of we understand fundraising, a development and what we're doing. But then there's this mindset shift mm -hmm. about how to your confidence, how to ask, looking at it as an opportunity to partner with your with your donors and supporters. But then you've also put some science behind it with this low hanging fruit. And I mean, that really is an exercise, right? To get out a piece of paper and pencil and let's list out our assets. Let's group them together. Let's, I you know, align them to different groups. I mean, that, that's kind of like um, a foolproof method and some science behind it. So it's almost the you know, the science, the mind, the education that you're kind of wrapping up into a community. So that's really cool, Mallory. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. My background, my background is in education. I started as a middle school teacher. So you um, did. You know, I feel oh like gosh. I'm getting to, I'm getting to put it all together now. Um, so yeah. Well, it's, next it's, time we introduce <laughs> you or you introduce yourself, just go with the short list of what you haven't done. And, and then we could blow by the uh, whole introduction because really you've done you've done so much so what um yeah wow so why why isn't this course in er anyone who's pursuing you know nonprofit development 
why isn't this course like in every college and well, forget just nonprofit. Why, why doesn't everybody just take this course? Do you have for-profit or other, other people? I mean, I know you're a wonderful mentor too. So I'd love uh raise nation to know that Mallory is just, gosh, the, uh, you all need to know her. She's just smart and kind and helpful and generous and a mentor, right? You, you really want to empower the world, especially the youth that, coming up. And so I applaud you for that as well. But can anyone take this course? It sounds like everyone should. (laughs) So I have gotten for many years, um, you know, this Power Partners launched in 2021 as a beta. Okay. January, 2021, I launched. (laughs) And now you have a hundred. Okay. Wow. And so, so it has been, and then, you know, I was home with, um, you know, a three-year-old or toddler and limited childcare throughout the last few years, um, because of the pandemic. So, you know, I think my hope is that it becomes more and more accessible and more people, and it becomes sort of some foundation principles um, inside how fundraisers are taught to fundraise, because I think the results we have found have been tremendous. I have also over the years gotten a lot of requests to create power partners for entrepreneurs, social Mm. impact leaders, other consultants, because in many ways, I used power partners to build my business. I have a ton of content partnerships in terms of my business. I did did asset mapping with my own business, you know, and so um, I am this summer launching for the first time um, partnerships to profit, which is essentially going to be like power partners, but for entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, um, social impact consultants. So it's coming. People have been asking for this for a long time. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) listening to you, it just totally made sense. And we, you know, that we didn't discuss that. I had no idea. Right. We didn't discuss it, but it totally makes sense. You know, I'm going to put you on the spot if I can. Can you tell us about some success? And and, well, by the way, before I ask that question, I love the fact that you're living the walk and talk, right? You're doing it for your own company. And that's just really cool because I think you could learn, pivot, adjust, tweak, and um, you're feeling it too. So the empathy there is, is fantastic. Um, so again, another round of applause. I feel like I'm just <laughs> applauding you a lot here. You were doing air quotes before. I'm doing little little mini claps in my hands. Um, but let's talk. Can you share some successes with us? I mean, your own success is pretty, pretty amazing. I believe you said you went from one million to three point something in in a very short period of time. I mean, who wouldn't take a course <laughs> to improve themselves to have that type of outcome and impact. That's incredible. But without, I mean, without mentioning any names or any specific organizations, can you give us some examples of success? Yeah. I mean, one organization, um, you know, went from 200,000 to 700,000 in the first seven months in the program. Wow. Um, Seven months. Oh (laughs) God. Um, And I, I think we don't, I think we don't realize how much resistance we hold to talking about money and fundraising. And, you know, 
there's a lot of talk about like, we need more. And yes, Power Partners gives you the templates and all the things, but what it does more than anything is it removes the resistance. It gives you clarity. It removes the resistance and takes the barriers down. Yeah. And that, and it's like everyone who's listening to this, like you have so much more capacity inside of you than you realize. And so I think that's the thing is like when we can remove those barriers, like the floodgates can open. We just had an organization. I got an email this morning someone just got an additional hundred thousand dollars from a donor fifty thousand of that was for general operating this is a very small organization like being run out of the home of an e like one paid staff member like that's a huge gift from them i just heard about an organization got their very first um got the, I think the highest donation they'd had to date was $5,000. They just got a $60,000 pledge, um, moving through sort of the corporate roadmap. Yeah. So we see really big leaps. Like we see most folks double their corporate sponsorship, um, money in the first like six months in the program. Um, because they've been asking for too little, by the way, you're asking for too little. Um, (laughs) and we really, we really like shift how people think about the value they're offering corporate sponsors. And especially once people start to see their assets, they're like, oh my God, like we've been giving so much value away for a thousand dollar sponsorship, a $2,500 sponsorship. So we, I mean, folks are sort of immediately seeing some pretty big shifts when it comes to that. Um, And then like the story I said about this morning was an individual, the $60,000 pledge was an individual. Um, So yeah, we're those are the types of met, you know, wow. DMs and emails Beautiful. I get pretty you know, regularly. When you said somebody moved from ten thousand before I heard you say sixty thousand, I I was spinning in my head. Okay, what is she going to say? Twenty, twenty five, right? But then you come out with sixty. That's just really remarkable. I mean, ha, ha, I got to ask, how does that make you feel knowing that you are empowering nonprofits to? increase their value, their worth, and and make partnerships that are really impactful, that's helping all of our communities? I, I mean, I know the answer, but I just want to hear, like, how does that make you feel every day, Mallory? I mean, more than anything, I'm really proud of them. You know, yeah. like, I think oh. I, <laughs> I really am. Like, I think my goal is to move more money into this sector and to and to do that i feel like that i'm doing what i can do to ultimately help shift more money into this sector by helping remove the barriers of fundraisers and i really believe that like when it comes to unlocking generosity like we talk about unlocking generosity in terms of donors but i think it's about unlocking fundraisers because when we can do that that is when money is going to move and so i love my work i mean i feel I feel really grateful to get to do something I love and believe in um, and it has a positive impact every day. And I, and I just love getting to watch people be proud of themselves. Like that yeah. executive director who got that $60,000 donation, the self-doubt she's felt for so many months, like the amount of coaching and group coaching calls, like getting her to the point of like, saying that she's never been in the nonprofit sector before. She's never been an executive director before. Um, she's never asked for money before. Like, I don't know if they had ever even asked for a specific amount before this. Um, mm. And just watching her like be so proud of herself just makes me so happy. Oh God, you're giving me chills. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. And to whoever that 
client is, congratulations. We applaud you. It, it, you know, you've, you've climbed a mountain and now you're, you know, coming, coming on the other side. And and that's really beautiful. Um, Mallory, tell us about your podcast. I'm interested in that. I haven't had the chance to listen. Um, Where do you stream and, and how can, I mean, we'll have it all in the show notes, but you know, how do we, how do we find it? Yes. So the podcast is called What the Fundraising and it What it the Fundraising. What the Fundraising. <laughs> what the fun and raising. it was a very funny, a very funny thing. I started to interview um different scientists and behavioral scientists about some of what I was witnessing happening in fundraisers. And I had this conversation with my husband one day where I was like, gosh, I'm having all these amazing conversations. I wish I could like share them with my email list. <laughs> and Podcast. he was like, honey. <laughs> honey, that's a podcast. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm going to make a podcast. And so I, um, you know, like I do kind of came up with it a little fast and threw it out there on my daughter's birthday. I was like, let's have two celebrations this week. Um, But it has been, it's amazing. It's a little bit of my research lab in a lot of ways, getting to interview cutting edge experts who are doing work that I think applies so much to fundraising, but maybe we we haven't been applying that wisdom necessarily. We, we don't often look outside of our sector to expertise that holds the answers, in my opinions, to a lot of the challenges we're facing inside the sector. So I really try to prioritize bringing in um, uncommon voices into the space and translating their work into fundraising, into the nonprofit sector. And then of course, we bring a lot of your favorite fundraising thought leaders as well, um, where I really try to push them um, to, to grapple with, I think, some of the biggest challenges we're facing. Wow. Oh, I can't wait to tune in from one podcaster to the other. That's really exciting. I just put it, I put in a little lead time. I have to go get my charger. Hold on one okay, second. Cool. We'll edit this part out. Okay, you're good. Ah. Okay, I'm back. All righty, there we go. Crazy day. Okay. All right. We're good. Okay, we'll keep going. Uh, whatever this is doing, I don't know. Um. Okay, we're back. Okay, so what do you want our audience to know? Like if they are in their desk right now and they haven't called you yet and you just want them to know one thing, what would that be? Hmm. Probably something that I said before, which is just that you have more fundraising 
capabilities, knowledge, wisdom inside of you than you think. Like the next right step in terms of fundraising, taking that next step, my guess is like you really have that wisdom inside of you. You know what that is, but it feels uncertain or it feels um, because it feels scary. And so I think if you can acknowledge and validate your feelings, this is actually scientifically proven to help downregulate our nervous system, to give us some more capacity. Even if all you do after this conversation is start to acknowledge and validate and show yourself some self-compassion when you feel uncomfortable fundraising, you're going to start to see yourself be more open um, to that next fundraising action. You can do this. And if anyone, like I started this whole conversation saying how much I hated fundraising. If I can love fundraising, anyone can love fundraising. And so that ability and that capacity, it is inside of you. You can do this and absolutely starting to take care of yourself um, and what's happening inside your brain and your body um, is going to be a big part of what, what leads you there. All right. So Mallory, when's the book coming out? I mean, there's got to be a book here someplace. Oh my gosh. Wait, do you have, do you know this? I don't. Oh my God. That was a total right here on Raised Nation Radio. Let me hear it. (laughs) Okay. This is the first time I'm saying this publicly out loud, but I just signed a publishing agreement with Wiley. So. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) So you just signed a publishing. I didn't know anything. I swear. Donna's just predicting everything today. Um, yes. So 2024, um, 2024, a book will be coming out and more details soon, but, um, Oh, I'm so glad that Raise Nation Radio got to host that announcement. Um, I wish you lots of luck. I just took a journey with our CEO here at One Cause, Steve Johns, who authored a, published a book and, um, it hit the stands in February, uh, Fearless Leadership Lessons at the Crossroads. It did take him a year and uh, it was a learning curve for sure. Um, it, <laughs> it is quite the journey, but embrace every moment, even the tough ones, because it really is such an amazing journey. So congratulations. Oh, I'm so happy for you and so <laughs> proud um, that that is often. Okay, so I think we have time for one more question. If you could just hang in there with me, I've got to ask where where are we going? Where do you see yourself maybe in the next five years with your company and your consulting and what you're doing for nonprofits? Where would you like to go or what's next besides the big book announcement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think I my eye on the prize is the North Star that guides me now is like helping, helping improve fundraiser wellness and enablement. And I think in five years, I wish I could say in five years, we're going to have solved that. And so I can (laughs) move on to my next thing. But I think there's a lot of work in this sector from how we support fundraisers internally to how we create capacity in organizations for the wellness of their staff. I, I want to see communities and organizations whole and healed and empowered and embodied. And I don't know what the structure of my work will look like in five years, but I don't see my North Star changing. And so I want, I believe that the answers to the biggest challenges we face in society 
that a lot of those answers reside in the nonprofit sector. That's why I stayed here when I thought I would go to law school or go to the <laughs> Department of Ed was because I actually believe that nonprofits and particularly small and mid-sized nonprofits like hold so much of the answers that we're looking for to build the world we want to see. And so I will be working towards that goal probably until my final breaths. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. You're such a delight. I wish we can talk to you forever. But I can say that we do have a couple of webinars here coming up with Mallory Erickson. We're going to be doing part of what you train and consult with in a webinar. Um, and that's going to be super, super exciting. Wait, as I pull up that date, we, ha we have that, right? Somewhere in, I think it's June. Yes. Where, when August. do we? August. It's August. Oh, that's right. We planned it in August because we wanted to get everybody in that good mindset for coming up with the um, season, the end of the year giving season. So we actually have you on August 9th, Wednesday, August 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern time right here. Um, and we're also planning a couple of other sessions. You and I were talking about maybe a panel coaching session. So we're trying to put that together too. So we'll also get all this information about Mallory and the work she's doing um, in the into the show notes. And then we'll stay tuned to see that book. That's going to be super exciting. I'm so glad to know about it. Um, well, let's see. I think that might be a wrap for now until we see you uh, again. So Fearless Fundraisers, that's about all the time we have for today. I'm so sorry. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursday at 12.30 p.m. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. You can follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notifications about all our new guests. Raise Nation streams on 10 different podcast channels, and we're on demand at onecause.com. Now, if you're a nonprofit and you would like to appear on an upcoming episode of Raise Nation Radio, please reach out to me. Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. We love to feature your stories. They're awe-inspiring, and we look forward to having you on the show real soon. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Be sure to check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of ebooks and blogs and infographics and test drives and webinars. They're all free and you'll find them super helpful. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, Mallory Erickson. What an inspirational voice. So appreciate you being here today on the show and just sharing everything that you have to make uh, fundraisers fearless and love fundraising. Thank you so much again, Mallory, for being with us today. I so enjoyed our conversation. So that's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Rego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. Oh,